0: Alabama Annie here at the old home place with another episode of stories and songs for you you know this week I've been getting ready for my annual trip across country to go back to Boulder Creek California and visit my son Chas and his beautiful little daughter Mira my granddaughter and in the course of doing that you know I've been I've been kind of battening down the hatches here and going through things and cleaning house and putting things away removing dust bunnies etc spiders from the fireplace that too but in, uh, you know in the course of doing that you start to think about things and you start to realize in a house this old what a house like this has really seen so I'm going to tell you that the two front rooms of the house Uh, Were built around 1832. The date on this chimney is 1832. If you go up on the roof, which I've been up there, so, hmm. Um, so this portion of the house was probably a dog trot cabin, and the hall in here was the breezeway. That's what I'm thinking. That's what a lot of people speculate was the case. And so, in 1832, that was around the time of the Indian removal, when they removed the five civilized tribes and and extracted them from their homes and hearths and sent them to Oklahoma and points beyond. Most of them came back eventually, and I'm so glad that they did, else I probably wouldn't be here. (laughs) But... um, so the house saw the Indian removal, which is a horrible mark on our country's history as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not a fan of Andrew Jackson, just telling you. Um, so you go through that time period and then you think about what occurred next. So you have uh, the Indian Mission schools uh, being constructed up and down uh, Little Wills Valley and Wills Valley all the way uh, toward the Brainerd Mission in Chattanooga. You had the High Creek Path, just south of here. Um, And then this house was uh, purchased from the Gilliland family by the Seitz family, somewhere just prior to the Civil War. And it was, I'm sure, a working farm then, and I'm sure they had a big family. And they started adding on to the house, and they had outbuildings, a smokehouse, and uh, what they call the little summer rooms, which was a kitchen. Uh, none of those things are here anymore, but they had those things, and uh, then uh, as time went by uh, the family grew, so they added on a little more to this old house. With It appears parts of another old house, because some of the boards uh, look as though they were milled early on, and some of them were cut by hand, so that kind of dates that plus the footing of the house. So, you can't live here without thinking about history. And you think about, all right after the mission schools, and you had the British and the French, you had the legendary Chief Redhead Will over in the next valley in what is now called Duck Springs, named after Chief Duck. And then a little further north of here, you had Sequoia, who made beautiful silver jewelry and wrote the Cherokee alphabet, so, uh, and those wonderful trees that are on fire right now now out west the sequoias are named for him but those trees will will prevail and propagate and come back bigger and better um, and so you had that time period then you had the uh, early construction of the railroad which I'm sure was decimated by the Civil War and we are just here on an old trade path that is now called U.S. Highway 11, which hosts historic U.S. 11 Antique Alley every May when thousands of people come to shop for antiques along this route. And This route runs from near uh, Slidell, Louisiana, all the way up to Roos's Point, New York. So, this highway was constructed around the uh, 1920s when, when they began to develop it and for the coming of the automobile. So back during the Civil War time period, you had uh, probably an early leg of the railroad that runs just between US-11 and Lookout Mountain, which I can see from here. And then, after the Civil War, you had the coming of the railroad, uh, final construction of it, and trains were running and then you had hobos getting off the trains. And the earliest stories I can recall my mother telling that were told to her are about hobos coming up across, the, across from the tracks to this house, and I'm sure to the old house next door and many others uh, asking for food and water. And then uh, there were stories about gypsies who still travel through here into the World War II era because my mother told stories about them as well in their brightly painted wagons. And sometimes they would count near here and the story was that all the women would you know, keep their husbands at home and hide their jewelry and probably their silverware, go figure. Um, so you had all of that time period happening after the Civil War. Then you had uh, the, the coming of uh, electric lines, electricity, automobiles, and if you look at some of the early photos, like the ones I've been going through this week that were taken here um, of the place with family members standing in the front yard or sitting on the front steps, you can see in the distance Model A's parked under the trees, you know. Uh, one of them has a has a little roadster of some type parked by the old hitchin' post up here. So I've got some wonderful photographs from those early time periods. And then you saw the coming of radio. Uh, now my mother was a big radio listener, always was, from the earliest memories I have. Um, and I'm sure I can imagine, I never met my grandparents, but I can imagine uh, them sitting in here by the, beside the fire or in the living room listening to a floor model radio. And... Um, then uh, World War II, well World War Two took place and many of those people who lived here in the valley marched off to war. The 1918 epidemic, Spanish flu or whatever it was, occurred uh, and since we're going through something similar, I thought how remarkable that a, that a house like this has seen another pandemic or epidemic. And uh, Then the first telephones, the first telephone I heard uh, about in this house was in our hallway and it was mounted to the wall, it was wooden, and there was a little bench you had to sit on to hold the little receiver to your ear and talk into a tube coming out of the wooden box that was the telephone. So and uh, to say that this house is, is always a calm place is not quite true because During World War II, uh, they rented rooms out to people, so various families or people lived here, family members as well. Uh, But let's go back a little bit to uh, the early 1900s. My grandmother Elizabeth and grandfather Walter Seasites raised Ralph, Edgar, Harry, Gordon, Aunt Gertie, and my dad Pelham here. So I'm sure this place was very busy at that point with all those kids. And uh, around, the, around 1926 or so is when they added the front porch to the house because the side porch was no longer the front of the house even though the old road uh, is my side driveway that runs up the ridge behind Old Bethany Church. So there's just so much history here. It's hard to avoid. It was hard to avoid it growing up. I didn't want to avoid it. I wanted to know as much as I could about it. And I would always, you know, play and imagine that it was another time period. And I think that's why I loved the old music, you know, and listening to those old 78 records that were still upstairs and and things of that nature always had a great fascination with radio. In fact, I've written several stories about all these topics that I will or have covered in the Stories and Songs series. And um, so we get on into, you know, the soldiers marched off to World War I, and then World War II took place, and there was a military base near here called Camp Seibert, where my mother would tell that there were, and I know this is true, that there were German and Italian prisoners of war there, and she was always fearful of them for some reason, but they never got away or did anything. But she recalled having to have blackout shades here in this house, so at night there couldn't be a little bit of light coming out from anywhere. So that uh, she would tell stories about that, um, and then you know, as I said, when I was growing up here, I was fascinated by it all, and I used to have to practice piano, and in that hallway, and there was no heat out there in the wintertime, so she would, I think she did it, to get me out of her hair in the kitchen, so she would put my toboggan on me, had some gloves that didn't have fingers in them, and a big old thick sweater, and sometimes a scarf, and she'd send me out into the hall and say, go practice. So I'd sit up there but I learned to play, and I thank her for it now, um, you know, and I, I think back to, uh, being a teenager and sneaking out of these big windows at night to go hang out with my friends at some bonfire or running off to Birmingham to go here, to go see Leonard Skinner and getting busted for it later. Oh, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. But, uh, and then, and, and then I was here the night before my wedding to Paul and we were married at Bethany Church. We, um brought our, both our boys home from the hospital initially here because we lived in an old, cold farmhouse up the road. So until we got them, you know, squared away and a little bit bigger, we stayed here and then we went back home. And uh, so we've got a lot of good memories here, just a lot of good memories, and I hope that in future there will be many more, um, you know, many more memories for this house. and. Uh, For those of you who have visited you know how much we love it and uh, we always try to protect it so just hoping it stays safe while i'm gone again got some good people looking out for it and uh it's going to be good so i'm going to play you a song about traveling it's perfect for my heading across country again Uh, it's called key to the highway i episode of Alabama Annie's Stories and Songs. The next one will be from Boulder Creek, California. So until then, have a great day.